Yeah, what's up guys? Welcome back to the Strive for Strength podcast. So I have Miss Kayla Diamond here with me today. Um, really dope, guys. She is like a powerhouse. Um, she's gonna explain a little about, you know, some strategies behind uh, you guys getting started. Um, you know, she has a smaller following, definitely built up a bomb-ass business, so she'll be sharing some of that with you guys. So Kayla, welcome, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, I am just super honored to be here. I you know, I've listened to your podcast before, obviously, and just the speakers that you have on, the fact that you said, you know, like, yes, come on. And just like, really me? <laughs> and I think that's, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit, but in the imposter syndrome's like, she wants little old me on the <laughs> podcast, you know, because I do not have a huge following. Um, but anyways, yeah, I'm super, super pumped to be here. So thank you. Dope. Yeah, of course, girl. Um, so yeah, if you just want to kind of start off telling us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, what kind of got you started in fitness, how, you know, you started getting into more of like the, the coaching space. Yeah, so I have a little bit of a, a unique um, story and situation, and I'm going to shed some light on it because I really needed to hear this when I was starting out. And I didn't feel like there was anybody who had done it before and I didn't feel like it was even possible. So I actually started as an athletic trainer. So in sports medicine. So I started, um, you know, I was working 12 hour days with sweaty football players. Um, every athlete spec and call, like we worked all the time, a lot of schooling, a lot of debt. And then I, went and I got my master's degree, um, more debt, and uh, a lot of schooling, a lot of work. But then I got to the point where I'm like, man, like I, so an athletic trainer, for those of you who don't know, you know, those are the people who are on the sidelines of sporting events. If something goes wrong, we run out to the field, the uh, quote unquote, like ankle tapers, like that's who we are. We obviously do a lot more than that. But um so that that's your life when you're doing it. That is your life. And so I'm just like, damn, I don't want to be the person that people only see when they're hurt. You know, I want to help and empower somebody to go into a realm of higher performance when they're done with their injury or they're ready to return back to the field. So I got into strength conditioning again, a long hours. I woke up at three 30 in the morning to do a strength conditioning internship and go to my normal athletic training job. I was just, I thought I had to have all the experiences and it definitely paid off, but I was like run ragged. And from there, long story short, I began coaching people in person as far as like in private training facilities up in Columbus, Ohio. I um, was, you know, transitioning from like the athlete to the older athlete and maybe the strength sport athlete and even the general population. And so I've just been doing that for a long time up until recently. I, and, and I had moved. So my husband is in, um, he works in the MLB, so Major League Baseball. So he's very, it took him a while to get here. So we've been moving from place to place as you do in athletics. And so we've moved all around. I've lived in, um, I think him and I were talking about it. We've lived in like seven different cities since we've been together for like eight years. It's crazy. And um, because that we've moved around so much, people were like, oh, Kayla, like you're leaving. Can you train me online? And I was like, I don't even know if that's a thing. Like, is that a thing? Training people online? What do I even do? <laughs> so I wasn't really um, too keen on the idea. I was like, because I'm very movement an analyst, like 
I'm very a paralysis by analysis type person. I'm really like, I have to see it. I have to fix you. I have to do this. And I'm like, how can somebody train somebody online? I don't understand. And then I started really diving into it and, and found like, Hey, like we can do this really well. Started charging people 50 bucks a month, you know, like <laughs> um, seeing what happened and nobody was really, wasn't really moving. And I was like, my husband's like, are you going to do this? Like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't really know. Um, so I'm just going to like do it on the side as I'm doing like my quote unquote real job, which at, at the time was like five different jobs. <laughs> waitressing, athletic training, personal training, you know, the huge. And so I, it was like a side business for a long time until I was like, you know what? Like, I am so tired. I'm so tired. I can do so much more with my life. And I was like, there's gotta be something else that I can do. And there's gotta be a way that I can impact people at a greater level that I am now. Cause I'm just, I'm just like not enjoying going into work. I'm just not. Um, so I moved to Florida and I only worked one job, which that was a huge, <laughs> but I did a personal training job, like a box gym, totally hated it. it. was totally not my style. I'm more of like a grit gym, like dirty gym type girl. Um, and it was just not for me. I felt super like not at home, like homesick really. And then that's when I started investing in business mentorship. And I told my husband, I was like, you know what? I really need to do this. And he's like, let's do it. Just do it. Go all in. He was like, go all in or don't do it at all. <laughs> and so here I am. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. And I'm so like, honestly proud of you for going all in because like, even just investing in mentorship, there's so many people who start off. They're like, you know what? I got this. I'm going to do it alone. I got this. And then they ask every day. It's like, where do I get started? I don't even know what the first step is. You know, um, that's such an awesome story. I'm so happy that you're doing what you're doing. Online coaching is like the most probably fulfilling thing in the world. Um, and it's also hard when you're doing something like athletic training, where you're also not working with like an ideal client. And so you're just kind of like really unfulfilled where you're at. Um, yeah. And, and too, you know, it's like, for the most part, I mean, these athletes, especially if they weren't, if they were in high school, I mean, they, um, they didn't really care sometimes, you know, about getting better. The college athletes were better because they're, they're there for that. So that was cool. Um, but it, it was like, am I really helping, you know, or is what I'm saying going one ear, not the other. Right. Right. So well, for you, Kayla, with getting started and everything, I know that's like the number one question I probably get from majority of, you know, people who come to me for coaching and they're like, what's like the first step? Like, where do I even start with this? So for you, when you were like, okay, maybe I can do like this whole coaching thing. Um, for you, what was that thing where you're like, okay, what's my first step? Like, what do I take on first? Sure. I can tell you what I thought it was and I can tell you what it really was. <laughs> um, I thought it was um, flooding my page with hashtags, trying to get a big audience. It was trying to get in front of people. It was trying to get a website. It was trying to do this, do that with marketing. And that didn't go anywhere. Um, what really helped was me, you know, hiring coaches, investing in mentorship programs that were like, you need to not do that because it's not working. So, you know, pretty much, and then we just kind of built it like from the ground up and um yeah honestly like investing in mentorship and i i didn't even know that was a thing i didn't even know that you can that you could like pay for people to help you with that because i'm very like school driven i've been you go k through 12 you go to college you get a, a, a postgraduate degree 
maybe your doctorate if you want to. I, you know, up until recently, I thought I was going to go back to my doctorate. I ended up realizing I'm not going to do that. So I'm very school driven. So I'm like, so this person wants me to pay them how much for them to teach me how to be an online coach. It was hard to kind of wrap my head around. But once I, you know, listened to the results of people, realized that I could really actually do this because I do have a big network, um, even though I don't have a big following, but I do have a big, big network just from traveling. I was like, oh, I guess this is, this is a thing. So let's do it. <laughs> I'm so glad that you sought that out too, because I think it's one of those things where a lot of people are like, even, you know, I've had some girls with my coaching program where they're like, I have to maybe put myself in debt to like go through this. And I think about them also having college degrees where they have thousands and thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt. Mm -hmm. And you know, that vehicle didn't really get them to where they want to be. Um, and it's so funny that coaching can be the vehicle also to pay off that student debt as well as all the, you know, I mean, yeah. Oh, 100%. I still have my student debt. I have no business debt, but I have my student debt. So. Exactly. And, you know, it's funny, like, you know, athletic training maybe would probably take you quite a bit longer, you know, to get that. Oh. Right. And so that's the cool thing about coaching is it also can be such a cool financial vehicle. Um, going through your head, like in the beginning, when, you know, you, you were trying to make that step to invest in like your first mentorship. What were like the thoughts that, you know, really propelled you into actually biting the bullet? Because I know for so many people, it's such a scary thing. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was uh, my husband's support definitely helped me because unfortunately, a lot of people don't have that support. And a lot of, like we, we hear all the time too, when we have fitness clients, like, oh yeah, I talk to my husband. Yeah. Um, so that was a huge, huge help. He's always believed in me, always wanted me to do my own thing. He believed that, you know, I didn't belong on a sideline of a field. He was like, I just don't. Um, I loved it, but it's not long-term. Uh, and so having his support was huge, but also having, so I have a lot of friends who are coaches, who are fitness coaches and kind of seeing where they went through. I really wasn't afraid I was going to fail. I, I never really get worried about that. And I know that's weird to say that out loud, but I don't really get afraid of failing because I just don't really look at it that way. It's like somebody, it's like, it's, not, it's like my business is going on and I don't even really realize it. So like somebody said, Kayla, you make six figures. And I was like, well, fuck, I guess I do. Like I started adding up the math in my head. I was like, oh wait, I do. And I didn't even realize it. So I don't really looking, I don't really look at it as feeling um it's just that first initial like getting over that like money mindset of oh i'm giving you a lot of money and i might not get any money back like that's kind of scary but as far because i i do have a big network and so i knew i could always tap into that but um i think just making sure that i had support was huge if i didn't have that support i probably wouldn't have done it because i just would have thought i could do it myself right and i think for those people out there listening who don't have that support it comes down to belief in yourself you know um that was one thing too for myself and it's even like those out there who are listening who are fitness coaches right it's going to be the same thing when their clients go into you know investing in them it's one thing it's either they don't trust you or they don't trust themselves and for the most part a lot of people don't trust themselves to actually bite the bullet and to actually give into that coaching or actually put themselves forward um, and that's a huge thing that I think it really comes down to, too, is just the belief. And a lot of it comes down to people having limiting beliefs, you know, like we kind of mentioned, like imposter syndrome. Um, and it's just continuously working through those. You know, a lot of them are also always built up from like past traumas and um, mm -hmm. things that you've just kind of like expected. That's awesome that you have support. That's one thing I'm like huge on is like the whole female entrepreneurship thing where like women just like are not really supported that much through a lot of the deciding, you know, with decision making when it comes down to it. And 
it's important that you just always stand your ground with it too. Um, I didn't even like, so he knew that I, I bought IFCA. I didn't even tell him like I was coaching with Chad. I, I told him after, not that cause he wouldn't support me. I just was like, you know what? It's my, it's, 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 it's our business. Like he technically like is in it too, but I was just like, I'm just going to make this decision because I want to tell him until after. That's honestly, that's amazing. Honestly. Um, and that's the thing too, is I think with now with coaching, like, as we all know, like the industry is definitely getting a little more saturated. And I think it's one of those things where like, if you want to be a competition proof business at this point, like you do have to invest in yourself to, unless you're going to like radically learn everything overnight or like really quickly in like a 12 week period or something, you know, having someone there to guide you is so important. Um, and I think it also speaks volumes to like who you are as a fitness coach. Like if you're willing to invest in yourself and be a client, it goes to show that you care enough about your business and your people to also, you know, help them out. Yeah. And, you know, and you can them. empathize with your client, like how it feels to give them that credit card number and that like in your, like the butterflies in your stomach, like, you know how that feels. And so you can empathize and be like, Hey, like I get it, yeah. but you're going to, you're about to make this huge transformation and you're not even going to remember this moment. Uh, only look back and be, it'd be a positive moment. Right. Right. Exactly. So I kind of want to off of this, I want to kind of talk a little bit more about, you know, you being a six figure business. So if you can let all of us know here, how many followers you have, how long you've been in business? Um, I have had my LL, like technically, I guess we can, let's say technically I've had my LLC since 2018. I went full time in February and, um, in like two to three months, I went six figures. I have 1700 followers. <laughs> incredible so everyone out there listening it does not take a big following to build a coaching business like it, it really really does not um I always tell my my girls and like anyone who's in any of my programs like one of the biggest things is of course attaching more of like a necessity to coaching and you know really building up like what your purpose is so for you with starting out um, I definitely want to get into lead gen because that's like my favorite thing in the world, but when you were just kind of like starting off, what were like the first steps that really made you hone in and took you to like that next level with breaking it into six figures? Yeah. So big thing was, um, raising my prices. I, I was literally charging Kendall like $75 a month. I was, I had a lot of clients like going into my first business mentorship pro program. I had like 12 clients. So mm -hmm. I had a little bit of traction. I was not making it. I, I was like, you know, talking to them every day, you know, new training pro, uh, progressive program every single week. Um, it was just like, I created a under a minimum wage job for myself. And so I actually raised my prices. I started charging what I'm worth when they told me like what I should charge for three weeks. I was like, uh, what? Um, that's how much like all my clients are paying me total. So I had to get over that belief of saying, you know, I am worth this. My time is worth this. And always feeling like I had to give people discounts. Um, you know, uh, that's, I mean, to be honest, like I still struggle with that sometimes. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody doesn't struggle with that. It's not like you, you, you can't be on a sales call with somebody and be like, Oh, $2,000 can't do it. See ya. Like, it's not, it's not like that. Right. Or we wouldn't be fitness coach. Like we wouldn't be helping people. So, um, how to, getting over that was probably my very, very, very first thing is charging what I'm worth and being okay with it. It took a while doing that. Um, and then it, the next kind of part was, uh, positioning my marketing. I wasn't speaking clearly. It didn't look like I was a coach. Like when 
you looked at my profile, it would be like, oh, like, who's this chick? She just likes to work out. <laughs> um, not really providing, I was providing maybe a little bit of value, but it was too complicated. You know, the, like it's thinking burns calories. So people, the more people have to think about something like, is she trying to say this? Like, what's she trying to say? Um, people just aren't going to read it. And positioning my marketing to where it was easy and it was uh, concrete and it was clear was huge. So I think those two things helped a lot. And then um, my lead gen strategy was, it took me over the edge. Heck yeah, dude. I think that's one of the biggest things people just miss out on is like, and I know obviously with my following, a lot of people just assume like, oh, like influencer, like that you can be really broad. A lot of people just kind of mimic what the successful coaches are doing, who Mm -hmm. by the way, a lot of influencers, not, not that successful with coaching full transparency. Um, but realistically when it comes down to it, they just associate the whole like, Oh, like let's help everyone like gain confidence and like lose body fat. And I'm just like, that's what everyone else is doing. And I think it's really attaching like more of that necessity. And like, like you said, that's what gets the clarity with, with the messaging is having a necessity attached to your coaching business, which is so important. Yeah. Like be a problem solver, like (laughs) think of problems and problems that you can just think of problems that your current clients are telling you and position yourself to be the problem solver for sure dude so tell me how a little bit how that kind of um crosses over to more of like your lead gen strategy i love lead generation it's like my favorite (laughs) i um is it's you know i've really only tackled really one good lead gen that actually worked and um i do get a lot of referrals i get a ton of referrals i get a ton of referrals um, I tap into my, I have a huge network. Uh, some people that I coach, I've coached before in person. Um, but you still gotta, you still got them to, you still need them to pay you for your service. So exactly. quit, like getting your sales and everything, that's, that's where that comes in. But totally like inorganic people, um, DM outreach, man, you got to go out and find them. You can't just expect people to come to you. Like you got to think about it. Like most people scroll Instagram when they're on the toilet. Like nobody's going to be like, Oh, I'm going to take a shit and I'm going to buy a $1,200 program. Nobody's going to do that. <laughs> fucking love that so much oh my god (laughs) oh my god that's so great it it takes I don't even know anymore it takes somebody what 11 times to see something to actually be like okay maybe I'll give them my credit card um so you have to uh you have to go out and find people a lot of people don't even think that they need anything a lot of people and some people don't want fitness and that's okay too. And I think a lot of coaches are scared to do DM outreach because it, you know, like, well, they're going to think I'm MLM. I'm like, well, I mean, if you make, first off, your DM outreach, um, the way that you do it is really like deceiving, then yeah. But if you're doing it to like, you know, establish a connection, then, you know, you're really, you really are just trying to establish a connection and then you're trying to solve their problem. Uh, and that has been the biggest thing for Legion. A lot of inorganic people I've gotten was, is through DM outreach. Um, you can have no, a not, you, you don't even need to have an Instagram for that. You can do it on Facebook. I do most of mine on Facebook. Um, figure out where your ideal client hangs out. Do that. Uh, maybe it's LinkedIn, you know, maybe it's Facebook, maybe it's, you know, Instagram. And a lot of people are scared, but you know what? Like one out of 10 messages might, people might be like, oh, I can tell where you're going. Like, who gives a fuck? Like if, if one person out of, you know, 10 people say that, but you can then change two pe- other people's lives in that process. Like who cares? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I know that's one thing for me, even myself, before I even got introduced to chat, I was like, no, DM outreach is so salesy. Like I just didn't believe in the process. And when you don't believe in the process, it just does not work. You know, um, you do, then you do come across salesy, right? It's one of those things where it's like, 
if you follow specific scripts, you're not using your voice, then yeah, maybe, maybe that is the case. But um, I think because a lot of people do have people who do MLMs who there's nothing wrong with them, but you know, who do come into their DM and it is like straight off the rip, very salesy. Those people don't usually have mentorships. So, um, you know, that's, I think where a lot of the stigma behind it comes in. So Mm -hmm. If you could give like maybe one or two of like your best tips for DM outreach strategy, what would that look like? Yeah, so making sure that um, if if you're going to do DM outreach, making sure that you can find something in common with that person because if you're just randomly adding them and they don't even, they're not even an ideal client, um, you know, that's a thing. So you have to make sure that you have something in common with them. Um, And then you have to make sure that you... You, you always follow up with the question. Like if you're just creating a conversation, like some people will, so, okay, let me back up. I, I reach out to mostly men. So I actually train a lot of men. Uh, that's kind of like my ideal client is the male former athlete. Um, it's, it's really interesting. I know. Um, so with guys, I've learned you have to be like direct and you can't just be like having a convo because then they're either going to take it as like flirty or they're going to be like, this girl's annoying the piss out of me. So making sure that you are sticking to like a script, not because I hate like saying stick to the script, but it just like, it, it makes the messages flow and it makes the conversation flow to where it's actually getting somewhere. If you're just in a guy's DMs, you're just in a guy's DMs, right? So same thing with girls too. With girls, um, you know, I've noticed that sometimes you have to be a little, obviously a little bit more like empathetic and a little bit more flirty with girls with each other and that's totally fine with guys they like it a little bit more direct so and this has taken me and I've learned I've done this since February this year is and so it's taken me a long time to learn these behaviors uh, but the biggest thing is just to make sure the conversation's going somewhere and it's just not like you're just not having you're not don't go out to Pluto that's what Chad tells me, tells me don't go out to Pluto don't like take your conversation over here bring it back in reel it in just like you're on a just like you're on a sales call right like if you guys talk for 10 minutes about like the weather like at the end that's not you know very efficient right so we want to make sure yeah we want to build rapport but you want to make sure that conversation is going somewhere yeah I think like you said kind of following a script one of the biggest things you actually mentioned this is like a lot of people don't even know that they need a coach or that they're struggling with something until it's brought to their attention and I know you working with Chad also of course myself like he very much so brings up the the fact that you have to ask you know, what the goal looks like and then what they're struggling with to get there because sometimes people don't recognize like oh shit I'm struggling with something like they didn't even know they're struggling with it you know um and of course it's always helpful like one of the tips I always give my my clients is you know have highlight reels that also cover some topics like that talk on your story have content on your page that then speaks to that stuff because then when you're in the dm with them they're gonna go and click that little bubble in the top left corner and click on your name and be like oh this person's actually like doing what I need help with, you know? Um, yes. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's just the mindset behind it too, is like, if, and I know that you're probably exactly like this too, Kayla, for myself, it was like one of those things where it's like every DM that you send is just an opportunity to help somebody. It's not a transaction. It's not a sale. And the more that people believe that, I think it's the more helpful that that's yeah. I mean, it's not a sale until you're on the sales call and there's money exchanged. So they can get like, and, and honestly, after that DM process, you know, you want to get on the phone with them to like talk with them, make sure they're you even one, one to help them because, you know, it's an, or that you can, uh, or, and they're a good fit for your program. Like come at it 
that way. Uh, and then you have the sales call. So there's a lot of steps that go into it, but it has to, because you don't like just want anybody in your program, right? Like you, you want to be, you, you don't, you, you can't help everybody, but also, um, the coaches who say that they don't know what to write about, um, start having conversations with people, man, because they are giving it to you every single conversation. I can look in my Facebook messenger. I probably have 50 conversations today. Granted, I do have somebody who helps me run my DMs. However, if I need content, I just go in those 50 conversations and talk about like, oh, I just eat a thousand calories a day and I'm doing okay. I can talk about why that's shitty. You know what I mean? Like I, so there's so like, you can't say there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> so crazy too, because if you're struggling even with identifying, you know, ideal client or something like that, or what their pain points are, their habits or what they're struggling with, it's straight up market research. Like DM outreach is just straight up market research, which yeah. I think that's a lot, a lot about people. Trust, trust me. <laughs> One of the, I mean, most of the listeners here, I know a lot of you guys are newer coaches just getting started. And it's one of those where a lot of people just all the time get on their story and they're like, okay, I have no idea what to post. Like I, they like have their phone right in front of them, ready to film. They're like, I have no idea what to say. And like you said, I mean, just extracting from conversations. It's like one of the easiest things to do. Um, so cool. Awesome girl. Um, so as far as it goes with you, everything about you, my friend, um, I would love for people to go follow you, go learn, observe from you. Um, tell us a little bit about where we can find you at. Yeah, so I am on Instagram like everybody else, uh, but it's uh, at underscore Kayla Diamond, just one, one, um, one word, underscore Kayla Diamond. I, I actually, so it's so funny. I actually do have a website. It's still being built, but I hired somebody else to build it. One, okay, I want everybody to listen to this. I hired somebody to do my website. I have it for a purpose of creating more long form content so I can eventually go and speak at conferences on my expertise and somewhere for our team to be. I'm not doing it because I think it's gonna get me clients. Because <laughs> I had a website, a very expensive website that I paid for. It did not get me one client um, and I spent way too much time on it. So do not think that you need a website, please. Um, but I actually am getting one because of just the different goals that I have, but not that I think it's going to give me uh, clients, but that's not, that's, I don't know why I'm telling you because it's not even ready yet. <laughs> you know, we down below for in the future, but yeah, um, it's not ready yet, but I just wanted to make that know, but yeah, just uh, over on Instagram is, is the main place. Um, I actually have a lot of fitness coaches who follow me and a lot of fitness coaches actually reach out to me, um, you know, for advice. So I'm more than happy to talk um, business or anything like that. I just, I, I love it and I love helping people. So yeah, girl. if you want to have a business mentorship like you, uh, who knows? <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on. Um, we always keep these episodes short and sweet for all the millennials out there. Um, but uh, lots of actionable takeaways. Um, super cool. So thank you again. Thanks.